Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. Episode 121. I'm so excited. I want to talk about this thing. Bad things happen to good girls. Listen, I want us to really understand how prevalent this thought impacts how we treat ourselves after things happening. Like when shit happens, this right here, this bad things happen to good girls. If we understood that, because what I'm talking about here is that good girl mentality, especially the good black girl, the good black woman, because you know, we don't like to be called girls, right? The good black woman. Bad things happen to good girls. Denise, let's share about what this good girl mentality, like where it comes from and like, Let's just talk about some of the things that it's predisposed that good girls do. Like, think about it. Good girls mind their elders, especially men. They mind their elders, especially men. If you're from the South, you know this one, right? Like you mind your elders. You say, yes, ma'am, right? Especially men. men. That's what good girls are taught to do. And then when we grow up, we still haven't decided that we have the information inside of us. So we still mind, right? We still mind out or outsource or crowdsource information from other people, especially men. Another one, good girls aren't supposed to say anything that upsets other people. So in other words, we're responsible for how other people react to the things that we say. Now, that doesn't mean just go talking about anybody. But what I'm saying is, is like that predisposition that good girls don't say anything that upset people. So therefore, we can't call you out of your shit. Or we can't say no, or we can't say you're wrong, or we can't say I disagree because that may upset you, right? Or we can't do anything that upsets you either. I'm not going to go to your party. I'm resting. I'm tired, right? No, I don't want to do that because that may upset her, right? Even though your behind needs to rest. Think about it. Okay. I don't ask questions either as a good girl. Like I don't question it because that's not what good girls do. They mind their elders, especially the men, They don't do anything to upset someone. And that includes don't ask questions because that may mean I don't trust your authority and we wouldn't want other people to think that we don't trust their authority, right? And we're supposed to keep our opinions to ourselves anyway. So why are we asking questions? I love this. This is like another example of know your place aggression from uh, Caritha Mitchell. In episode 21, we did an interview with her. Check that out. 
right? Where we talked about know your place aggression as Black people. But as a Black woman, that know your place aggression happens even within our community. Because you're supposed to know your place as a woman. You're not supposed to, you know, say things that upset people. You're not supposed to ask too many questions and you for sure ain't supposed to express your opinions. And if you do, you are loud and you're rude and you're definitely not a good black woman. And you're supposed to mind your elders, especially the men. And also, if you're a good black woman, you know what is expected of yourself by others. So there's no room for disappointing others. Let me say this again. You know what is expected of you by others, even if you don't agree with it, right? Like just because they expect it of others, we're not supposed to disappoint them. So we're supposed to meet their expectation of us, right? Like we're supposed to meet their expectation of us. Let me tell you, when I was in anesthesia school, I think we had like a volunteer day where the preschool parents would each take a day in a month or something to bring snacks. Well, my behind was so busy trying to run around, take care of people, take care of the kids and work, study 14 hours a day because I was in anesthesia school that I missed my time and the kids didn't get snacks that day. Oh my God, I was not only not the good black woman, I wasn't even the good black mother. I was like a disappointed. It was a failure. I got the talking to. We didn't have snacks. We're disappointed in you, right? So how I handle that, talk to one of my good friends and she told me, well, you know what you do? Just give so-and-so, I think there was a room mother who worked there, like a teacher's aide, give her like $50 or $75 and tell her to go shopping and buy all the snacks for when it's your time. That way you don't have to worry about it. It was the best idea ever, right? So just notice how we feel when we don't meet other people's expectations, especially of us as a woman or as a mother. Oh my God, like really think about that, right? So there's no room for disappointing our kids, our husband, our friends, our family. There's no room for that. That good girl syndrome, that good girl mentality, I don't disappoint others, okay? But here's the deal. When we don't allow for other people to be disappointing in our decisions, right? And we don't take care of ourselves. Like for me, it was like, no, I'm not going to, I don't have time to even do this snack thing. Here's some money. If you want the snacks, you do it when you do it. Like I took care of me. That didn't mean I skirted off of my responsibility, but I wasn't meeting it in the expectation. I'm like making homemade cookies and cupcakes for y'all. I don't have time for that. No. Right. But it was either that or me being disappointed in my life every day. And for so many of us, we choose living a disappointing life because we don't want to disappoint others. Think about that. Are you choosing living a disappointing life because you don't want to disappoint others? Are you not going for your dream because you don't want to disappoint your family? 
you like got this degree. I have so many clients that have degrees as an attorney or as a physician, accountant or whatever, and they're making about faces into other careers. Yes, with that Ivy League education and medical school, right? But they have decided that they will allow their parents, their friends, their family to be disappointed rather than them live a disappointing life. Are you okay with your clients being disappointed if you run a business? Are you okay with your clients, your customers to be disappointed because you decided to change things up because you didn't no longer want to be living a disappointing life and you made some decisions in your business so that you just disappoint other people, right? Because you knew they expected you to take your calls at all hours of the night. I have a client that works in PR and she's always talking about like how she's setting up rules and we're coaching through how she's showing up because she used to show up as a small agency and it was just her and she would answer all the calls, but now she's she's growing and she has a team, right? And so they're not getting a call from her, but that thing of like, there's no room for disappointing other people, but they're still getting taken care of. It's just not from her. But we would rather live a disappointing life than put structures in place so that we can grow and not meet the expectations of our people, but yet still give them what they need. There's a difference, guys, on that. A good girl has no place in her vocabulary. No, we don't want to disappoint or displease others because that would be selfish. Listen. This includes our body. This includes our ability to say no to our bodies when our bodies are not ready, don't want to, whatever. We don't have to give our bodies away if we don't want to. Our no can mean no, even if it's for health reasons or for whatever. It is okay. But the reason why we can't say no for our bodies because our job is to take care of the needs of other before your own. Think about that. Good girls, good women, good black women. Her job is to take care of the needs of others before her own. The needs of her kids, the needs of her spouse or her significant other, whether it be man or woman, the needs of her boss, of everything. We have assumed the given job title as the caretakers of this world. And we have assumed that when we're being good, our job is taking care of the needs of others before your own. And I just want to question you, when you're taking care of their needs above your needs, are you really putting them first? Honestly, if I am to take care of my kids' needs above my needs, am I really taking care of my kids, their need? No, because I'm making them dependent on me. And if something happened to me, they wouldn't be prepared for life without me. So am I taking care of them by putting them first above me? No, I'm not. And I want you to break your brain on this too. How is it by you putting their needs above your health needs, more important, 
right? Because you need the rest. And no, I can't go to the party. I know it's your birthday. I would love to be there, right? But I can't. And it's okay that it displeases other people because we are not responsible for their reaction to our decisions. That doesn't mean, I keep having to say this because I know someone's like, but I'm not saying being a bitch. That's not what I'm saying. Even though that's what is described when we're not being the good girl, we put our needs first. Oh, she's being a bitch, right? No, it's just what she does, right? Like this is just what we do as women. We just put other people's needs above us and we don't make a big deal for it. And we don't ask for acknowledgement of it either. Because if we ask for acknowledgement of it, now we're being ungrateful or we're being brash. And not only that, but we got to do all of this, right? We've got to do all of this. Pay attention and mind our elders, mind especially our men. We're not supposed to say anything that upsets anybody. We're not supposed to do anything that accepts anybody. We're supposed to overwork. We're not supposed to ask questions. We're supposed to keep our opinions to ourselves, and we're supposed to know our place. We're supposed to know what's expected of us and not disappoint others and be okay with living a disappointed life for our entire life right? We're supposed to say yes, because no has no place in our vocabulary and we can't disappoint disappoint or displease others, even with our own bodies. Our job is to take care of other needs before our own. And we're supposed to do that without question, without acknowledging it, because that would be brass. And we're supposed to do all of this perfectly, looking good, being a size eight with a big booty, makeup perfectly done, smiling all the time, because if we're not smiling, we're being ungrateful. And that's just not a good woman. Here's the deal, guys. All of that shit's made up. It's all made up. What if there wasn't such a thing as a good or bad woman? But there's humans, just a woman, just a human. The problem is this is we're interpreting it as if if good if bad if all this if i do these if i don't do these things then there's consequences and bad things happen when i don't mind my elders see you're being fast you should have asked for permission i could have told you that what that was going to happen you don't ask questions see you're being ungrateful right when you don't do what's expected by others right? So when we don't, bad things happen to me, right? And that proves I'm not good. I'm bad or I'm not good enough because the real problem is, is what we're actually saying is because bad things don't happen to good people, right? If I'm following all these rules, then everybody's going to like me. Everybody's going to love me. My job's going to promote me. My man or woman is going to love me and not have any problems with me and not leave me. My friends are always going to be my friends. They're never going to question me or leave or decide they don't want to be my friend anymore. Like my business is going to do well. Customers are going to stay. They're never going to leave. They're they're always going to be there. My business is just going to keep on this upward trajectory. I'm not going to have any down months no down years, and for sure, no down periods of years, right? Bad things don't happen to good people. So here's the thing. We have a problem now 
But instead of solving for the normal problems of life that everybody has, not good or bad people, but humans, humans have problems, right? Now we make the problem mean something. Somehow, somewhere, we're not following the good girl rule book. We're not following or we did or said something that should not have done. And so instead of solving the problem, we're trying to figure out what's wrong with us. Somewhere I said something wrong. I did something wrong, whatever. And we're making it an identity problem for ourselves instead of separating whatever the problem is away from our identity. The problem has nothing to do with your goodness or badness. Bad things happen to good people. The only problem with having problems is you thinking a problem is a problem. That's it. Let me say it again. The only problem you're having when you have problems is thinking that having a problem is a problem. Did you get it that time? Problems are not problems. Problems are normal. Humans have problems. And guess what you are? You are a human. I see this in in the three areas that I coach and deeply rooted all the time. In relationships, in all of the relationships, in the friendships, in the families, in the romantic partner thing, people don't leave good people. People don't cheat on good spouses. People don't leave good friends. People don't leave good employees. People don't leave good business owners. It's because we think good people get rewarded. So therefore, and bad people get punished and problems are a problem. So I must not be good enough. What this does is though, this highlights our problems and makes them even bigger. And so therefore we can't go solve the problem because we can't even identify, have, or talk about our problems because we're not supposed to have problems. So here we are walking around like I don't have a care in the world. I don't have problems because I cannot identify as a person who has problems. I definitely can't say I have problems, nor can I talk about the fact that I have problems because problems are a problem. But what if they weren't? What if problems don't have any proof that you're being good, that you're on the right road or the wrong road? Think of all the scenarios where how would you solve the problem if the problem wasn't a problem, if you wasn't making it about you? Marriage problems. Good people have marriage problems. Good men and good women or good women and good women or good men and good men together have marriage problems. Doesn't mean one has to be bad. I see it in our relationships with ourselves too and in the area of our health. If we have a health concern or a health diagnosis, what did I do wrong? I wasn't being a good caretaker. Implying that bad people have health problems, not good people. What if that just wasn't true, right? How we take it to the area of money also. Good people make money. If I didn't get the promotion, then it must be that I wasn't good enough. I'm not a good worker. I didn't hustle enough. If I don't have enough money, that means I'm not a good worker. I'm not hustling enough, right? Here's the problem. 
When we make problems a problem, there's so much shame in it that we never solve the actual problem, which isn't a problem that you have a problem. (laughs) I know I'm saying this, but like problems are normal. They are a part of the human experience. So what if we weren't tying problems to our good enoughness? What if we kept problems independent of our goodness? One of my mentors and coaches, Brooke Castile, talks about this idea of the 50-50 concept, meaning life is going to be 50% good and 50% bad. As coaches, we kind of get that concept. We're like, yeah, yeah. But then when something, what we consider bad happens to us, oh, that's outside of the normal 50. That's something I shouldn't be doing. That's like 80%. That doesn't count. Like that's on the other side of 50. Like that's abnormal. This shouldn't be happening. It's almost kind of like we're like, yeah, right. We're supposed to have that 50, wink, wink. But really we're not supposed to have that 50 because that other 50 means somehow I did said something wrong, upset a person, a people, a place, or a thing, right? I disappointed somebody and there is a consequence. But what if the thought era is really, if I were good, this wouldn't be happening? What if that is the thought era? If I were good, I would be making more money. If I were good, people would stay and not leave. If I were good, I would be happy. Being good doesn't absolve us from problems. Let me say that again. Being good doesn't absolve us from problems. It has nothing to do with your goodness, that you're going through things. It's part of the human experience. And our goodness, how many box we check, how many I's we dot, and how many T's we cross, does not give us an exit ramp off of the human experience, which is both experiencing the good and the bad of life. But when we make it an identity problem, then we never solve the problem. Therefore, we don't actually grow, which is what we really want to do in our life. I know if you're listening to this podcast anyway, we want to grow into our epicness. We can't solve the problem to get us closer to our epicness if we're making it a me problem, right? It's not an identity problem. And if it wasn't, what would you solve for? If the fact that your business, right, wasn't where you wanted to be, what would you solve for, right? It's not, if it wasn't you, then what would you solve for? If the relationship was having a problem and it wasn't because you weren't a good wife or a good husband, right? What would you solve for, right? What are you not thinking of because you're making it about you? It's one of the reasons why we can't solve our business or relationship or our identity problems. It's because we're identifying with the problem, identifying with the fact that we have problems and the thought error is that we shouldn't. Let's normalize our problems, guys. Everybody has them. And it means nothing about you that your marriage is going through a turn right now. Not a problem that you have problems. You have a health concern right now. Gain weight, lost weight, 
got a diagnosis, have a new chronic condition, not a problem that you have a problem. Welcome to being human, right? Your relationship didn't last and you thought it would. Not a problem that you have a problem called being human, right? And for God's sake, let's stop with this good girl syndrome mentality. Notice it everywhere and tell yourself the truth. Like, oh, I'm thinking that if I do everything right, this wouldn't have happened. I'm going to leave with telling you a story. There was a point where I was married and the relationship was just not going anywhere. I tried everything. I tried to reinvent myself. Like I did everything, right? And so it finally got to a point where I asked myself one question, which was, I think I remember the time I watched my youngest daughter raise up her hands when her father came home and she was so happy to see him. And I thought to myself, do I want that little girl to be in this relationship? Would I want her to stay in this relationship the way it was? And my answer was no. So if my answer was no for my daughter, then why am I staying and modeling that for her? And so I decided to ask for a divorce. And you got to understand, I was this good Christian girl, and I still am, y'all. I'm just a John the Baptist Christian, but I am. Like, I did. I asked for the divorce, and I had all of the, like, I shouldn't have done that. Like, right? I'm not a good girl. Good girls don't upset people. Good girls stay and take it. Good girls just does what they want them to do, even though she would be living a disappointing life. Good girls don't put herself first. Good girls do. Like, all of that, right? And I was driving my car. I had a van and the van stopped on me like literally two weeks after I asked for divorce. And it needed $4,000 worth of work. $4,000. $4,000 worth of work. So I had to go into my retirement account in order to get the money to fix the van. Well, so I'm in there. One day it's snowing. So the people who fixed the car gave me a loaner car. Now, it was this old kind of beat up jalopy. It wasn't like how I go now. I go to Sewell Lexus and they give me a Sewell car. Shout out to Sewell. I love Sewell, (laughs) y'all. But anyway, I was driving this car and it was snowing and sleeting and raining and cold. And I dropped the kids off and I was going up this hill and the car stopped on me on this hill. And I was so frazzled. I had to get out the car And I was just crying and boohooing and I walked to the payphone because we didn't have cell phones back then. That's how long ago. I divorced 25 years ago. So I didn't even have a cell phone, y'all. I know. Amazing. Yes. I was a grown ass woman with kids and did not have a cell phone. Yes, that was <laughs> that was the life 25 years ago. But I didn't have a cell phone. So I had to go put some quarters in this thing called a payphone. <laughs> And I first thing I did is I called the job and told them I wasn't going to make it. I was trying to make it and they could tell I was frustrated and they was like, just stay at home. And I was like, okay. And I called my friend and I remember telling my friend, God doesn't like me. The world is against me because I asked for divorce and I just know because my thought was good girls, like I'm being punished and bad things don't happen to good girls. 
And my friend, love her to this day for this, told me, girl, the God ain't got nothing to do with this. You just happened. You just driving a jalopy car. That's it. And I was like, oh, I was identifying with my car stopped in the snow on a hill when it's 30 degrees and I got to go to work with, I must not be a good girl. No, bad things happen to good girls. And those two things don't go together. Good and things problems don't go together. You're not any better if you don't have any problems and you're not any worse if you do. It's not attached to your lovability, your worth. It doesn't increase or decrease because of the amount of problems you have. So when we can take that off of it, the shame off of our problems, then maybe we will take it to go get coaching, go get help, go sign up for courses, go pay money, whatever to solve for the problems because it has nothing to do with your worth. All right. I hope this helped. Y'all email me and let me know what you think about this. And guys, please listen, write me a review. One other people to know about this podcast that's specifically for the high achieving black woman. And the only way they get it is the only way Apple knows to show this. The only way people know about it is through your reviews. So if you're getting great, like if you love this, so many of you guys say, I love the podcast, please write a review. I would appreciate it. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye. Did you enjoy this podcast where I have a personal invitation? I want to spend time with you, coach you, talk about the issues that are affecting you. We do this in a community we call the Melanin Hour, created just for us high achieving Black women. You can register at brickjohnson.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, Deeply Rooted is where we put all this shit together. We immerse ourselves And we master this. Six months, you, me, and a bunch of women that look like you and got a little melanin in them. (laughs) That's deeply rooted. You can register for the wait list at brickjohnson.com forward slash group. Hope to see you there. Bye.